Tumbling Saber is proud to present the Luminous Beings Podcast. Deep dive conversations into the heart of Star Wars. Brought to you by the Tumbling Saber Patreon community. Become a powerful friend today and get access to tons of our exclusive and early access audio content at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Hey gang, welcome back. It's time for another episode of Luminous Beings, where this week we take a deep dive into Palpatine's presence in The Rise of Skywalker. And does it threaten Anakin's balancing of the Force? Does it threaten his legacy, Lucas' story from the original trilogy? We're going to look into that. And with me this week, as always, is the co-host of Luminous Beings. Say hi, Nathan. Hello. How's it going, sir? Oh, not bad, not bad. Perfect. Well, this is this is a very very thorny topic. I think this is a big one, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting into it. We've, I've spoken about it before, but I think it, it this one certainly merits its own focused episode because some again it's it's so potentially controversial, so full of landmines. Uh, you know, it's like some people think including Palpatine at all in the Rise of Skywalker is this uh, hail mary attempt to save the trilogy after Ryan Johnson killed Snoke and took things too far and uh, there's no plan for this trilogy and this, this is the best they could come up come up with. Curse you, Ruin Johnson! <laughs> Look what you've wrought, wrought upon us. <laughs> and, you know, another concern is that, that by bringing Palpatine back, you are now digging up the bones of the OT and you're messing with Return of the Jedi's climax and... You know, that being Anakin's fulfilling of the prophecy and bringing balance of the Force to the galaxy. Does the, any have? For sure, I know you've seen this this worry out there. Does any of it hold water to you? Well, first of all, you say it's potentially controversial, but it's controversial to like I don't know what a couple hundred people, <laughs> maybe a couple thousand. Uh, I, I don't know that to the larger audience that this is, but I mean, some, I mean, what am I talking about? Half the things we talk about are only important to five people. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is true. Yes, you're right. The, the, 80% of the people in the audience, when you go to see Rise of Skywalker, will be like, oh, okay. The Emperor's back. Was that the guy from the last movie? Oh, I thought he died a long time ago, but he's back. Okay. <laughs> Like that, that, that'll is that, be the reaction is that most. smoke or whatever his name is smoke does it look like the gold robe guy okay but this guy's cool i know him <laughs> yeah no it, well see this episode could potentially get kind of sticky because i'm up on spoilers more than you are at the moment oh jesus so <laughs> so <laughs> i'll i'll try to uh, obviously, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil Rise of Skywalker for anybody listening. But oh, the, you're, you're. This is. Are you more? I of, have. To, are you more of a John Patrick guy or an MSW guy at this point? <laughs> Honestly, at this point, they're so close that it's it's kind of beside the point. I think. Because I know that there's so, like there's like three or four people out there that have good reads into the situation. I, I, Jedi Pax is being one, uh, Jason at Ward being another, and then there's Bespin Bulletin on Instagram. And there might be one more. Yeah. Well, I, I've been, I've been following Paxis. Um, the thing with all of these things is whenever these guys get into motivation or intent or feeling or things like that, I, I, I kind of, Dis, not disregard it, but kind of leave it alone. Uh, because, you know, who knows what these guys are are bringing to it themselves, you know? Right. As far as events go and actual, the things that are actually happening, like 
characters going and doing, not characters thinking this way or feeling this way or whatever. But the events, that's what I I hold on to. And so far, everybody seems to be consistent and along the same lines of the events of the movie. Um now I've seen I haven't read them yet. I'm I struggle every day with not jumping into it and maybe I'll cave and check it out cuz I I was totally spoiled for TFA and it didn't ruin my experience whatsoever. So maybe I'll at some point I'll just jump into it. But what when I see out there people who have jumped into the spoilers is some people are really happy and some are really upset and there's a pretty clear correlation between those what without naming any faction names those people like it those people hate it and if you yeah. follow them you know where where they're coming from yeah i i i don't know if i could decide um on the general synopsis what i feel but like there are things that i love about it there are things that i i don't love so much about it you know it's it's kind of a a mixed bag of how i feel about what's come out uh, but not nothing that makes me worry like there's nothing in those leaks that makes me think that there's no hope for this movie or that this movie is going to be ruined or like there's no there's no bomb in the middle of the story anywhere that i can see even the things that i don't like so much i can see that i can see how they could be done well or hopefully done well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a, somebody said out there that, you know, if, if you had told me, give me the synopsis or the, you know, the events of the last Jedi in this sort of, you know, spoilery style, you would be like, Oh my God, this is going to well, be terrible. <laughs> I heard, I heard about Kylo and Ray's um, force connection. And I was not, <laughs> I was real apprehensive about that. You know, I did, I didn't see how they were going to pull that off without being completely goofy, but he did it. <laughs> so, you know, Star Wars is weird. It's inherently weird. It has to have weird things in it to be Star Wars. So, you know, it, it's understandable that when you hear things in print that are really weird, they're going to sound out of place. But when you see them in the Star Wars movie, they're the weird that a Star Wars movie needs. Yeah, <laughs> you know for sure. I mean? Absolutely. So bringing this over to our friend Sheev, uh, what is your take? Now, he's back. We have to come to grips with that one way or another. They have found a way to bring him back. Uh, what is your apprehension level in terms of yeesh? Like they, if they walk back what George put down in episode six, I won't be happy. Is that a concern for you? Uh, I I don't think so. Uh, I mean, obviously it's 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 sticky because well, part of the problem with this is that uh, the actual chosen one side of the mythology has been so kind of fluid and ephemeral and and so hard to nail down and you know we can't even decide whether anakin was actually the chosen one or turns out luke was actually the chosen one it's it you know it's still so up in the air that trying to say whether or not that this ruins it we're not even sure what this would potentially ruin well i i know i go back to that 2005 interview of lucas where he you know, in no uncertain terms, says Anakin was the chosen one. He destroyed the Sith, prophecy fulfilled, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so to me, like, that is sort of, that's it. Like, that's what the story he told. And But I, conversely, I understand that Lucas has sold the story. He's, it's not his anymore. So if they want to play with that, Disney and Lucasfilm are fully within their right to do so. I, I, you know, they've gone out of their way numerous times to say they want to honor what Lucas did and they don't want to tamper, blah, blah, blah. Um, but again, I think whatever workaround they've got for, for Palpatine, J.J. is going to be accused of, of retconning 
Return oh, of yeah. the Jedi. So, I mean, certain people are going to say it's a retcon no matter what. You brought back Palpatine. If they, you know, if they said that the Sith were destroyed, yet here Palpatine is back, the Sith were never destroyed. So you yeah. retconned episode six. It all lays in, lays in the execution and, and what they've actually written. But that, that will be a complaint that we're going to see. It's, we're already seeing it, but it's going to be amplified come December. Yeah, I agree. I'm of the opinion that Anakin is the chosen one because Lucas outright said it. But they're not willing to nail that down in the story. Uh, you know, especially now, you know, they're, Lucasfilm is not saying uh, who the – because there's this whole mystery of the Force that – they seem to be trying to preserve uh, to some degree. But that leads to uh, the fans being divided on that. You know, you have fans that think that Anakin is, some that think that Luke is. You probably have some that think that the prophecy wasn't fulfilled at all, you know. Uh, and you're right. Yeah. They never nailed down in the story, I don't think, that Anakin was the chosen one. The only thing we have, I think, is in The Last Jedi, where Luke says, for a while, there was balance. Yeah, yeah. And that that dovetails with the prophecy, but it doesn't outright state that Anakin was the chosen one. Right. And, they, and of course, you've got the, uh, the twin sons wrench thrown in there, where Obi-Wan tells uh, Maul that Luke is the chosen one. So, you know, you've got people that are convinced of that now. And, you know, regardless of your opinion, you know, you're by the end of the rise of Skywalker, you're probably going to have some people that say that Return of the Jedi was retcon and some people say that Twin Suns was retcon. <laughs> Either way, it's uh, uh, I don't I, I try not to think of the discourse we're going to have come oh, December. God, it's going to be it's going to be an absolute <laughs> mess. But, you know, I, I can I can go either way with this one, like. You know, I think we've heard on the record from enough people who worked on the films that you can form any argument you want. Like you can get actual quotes yeah. to support your your POV. We've heard them say that, oh yeah, there there is an overarching plan, and we're right on course. And we've heard them say that uh, you know, I've had total autonomy. I could have done whatever I wanted, and nobody would have interfered or or nudged me in another direction. I don't know that you can square those two things. That there is a plan, yet I've had total autonomy. I don't know that those two things fully line up. And well, know, I I don't think it has to be one or the other. I think it, uh, I I don't think it has to be a hard. We have a plan and we're sticking to it no matter what. I don't think it has to be. I was going to do whatever I want regardless of everything else. I think it can be a little bit of. Well, we've got this plan for the overall trilogy. We've got these ideas, uh, and we're going to try to get from here to here. How we get there is not really decided, but this is the the broad strokes. Yeah, I think the and plan was can, just this say, broad stroke thing. It was. Yeah, I think the plan only, frankly, I think the plan only related to Ray and Kylo. Yeah, but I'm thinking Palpatine too. Oh, you think – so you're not of the opinion that this is some sort of Hail Mary? No, I think <laughs> – no, not at all. I think this – I think if Snoke hadn't have died in The Last Jedi, I think he would have died in the first, like, 15 minutes of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, that's interesting. Like almost like a Dooku count, – Count Dooku type thing where it's – Yeah, you exactly. You think this guy's a big player, but – one way or another, he's getting wiped off the map. Yeah, we don't have time to deal with this guy in this movie, so bye. <laughs> it's it's funny to me, like the fixation that some people have with Snoke, his backstory. We need to know it, and he 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 was presented as so powerful. I've you know, as soon as Pablo told us that you know he he's not Sith, and we we get uh, we only get to know what we need to know. Yeah, I thought okay, this guy's not important. Yeah, that's it. He's he's more or less a, the stepping stone for Kylo, and he's he's just not going to be this huge important character. Well, it's funny because last, but the year before, sometime during the year before uh, the Last Jedi came out, and God, I've been trying everything I can to find this comment <laughs> on Facebook, but I can't find it. 
just so I can brag about it. But I, I can remember saying that I wanted Kylo to kill Snoke and become Supreme Leader. And, I mean, obviously that's that's what we got. It's not exactly what I had in mind, but <laughs> but it's it's what we got. Yeah, it's what happened. And it's, I don't, it's, that's the thing. Even then, Snoke seemed so unimportant to me. And I was firmly in the your Snoke's theory sucks camp. Like just oh, I yeah. was so sick of hearing about Snoke. All the clickbait articles and oh it was driving me crazy. He's Darth Plagueis. He's actually Palpatine. He's this person, Lucas Snoke. Yeah. Oh man, it was unending. And this is I mean, speculation is part of the game. It's what we do. But some of them just go so out there, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Dial, yeah, it, dial it back, buddy. Yeah, it's a lot. It's like, I don't know. It's It seems like in the sequel trilogy, the simplest answer is the right one, even if, even if you wouldn't have thought of it yourself. Like, I don't know. Like Ray not being anybody. So far, so far, <laughs> that's proven to be the case as far as we can tell. True. Uh, you know, Kylo being uh, Han and Leia's son makes sense. It's kind of the simplest, the simplest uh, explanation for who he is. Uh, yeah, there are surprises and twists and turns. I don't know. Snoke just seems like such a non-character. Even in the Last Jedi, when you know we see as much of him as we do, he just seems so. I like the character, but he's not interesting to me. No, he just seems like a slightly taller version of Palpatine in a gold robe. Yeah, with less charisma. <laughs> Much less charisma. Yeah, I, I just don't understand the fascination. Like I, I, I'm interested to know his backstory, but I, I don't understand the obsession with it and the make or break nature of that discourse. It's he's fine. He's fine for what he does, and he serves his purpose, and that's all we needed him for. I don't understand what the issue is with that. You know, he's. He's this milk toast bad guy. He's he's kind of like like he's literally a bad copy of what we had before. An old decrepit man with force powers who's in charge of the galaxy. Like <laughs> it's he he's literally a carbon <laughs> copy of Palpatine with a few extra f- feet on him. You know? So it's like I don't know why people expected more from him. I think well, I think people are so mistrustful of Lucasfilm because we spend so much time speculating and analyzing that obviously they must be trying to mislead us so they can shock us. But I'm smart and I will find what I will suss out that that mystery before they can reveal it to me. Yeah, I think a lot of it is rooted in that. Yeah, you're probably right. I, uh, but anyway, I just, going, going like... back to 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 uh, <laughs> Sheev's and I guess Abrams' treatment of Sheev in in uh, the rise of Skywalker. Like, I think, I think JJ is going to play fast and loose with the definition of destroyed because, you know, according to the prophecy, the Sith will be destroyed. And if, you know, if the prophecy came true, that means the Sith were destroyed. And so JJ is going to play with that. And that makes me a little concerned. Like if JJ goes with the, well, his body was destroyed, but his spirit wasn't like, okay, yeah, that's the simplest thing. I I can live with that. But if his body survived Death Star 2 and he was just too injured and he had to tap out for a while, then I think in that case, like he wasn't truly destroyed. Maybe his will was broken. I don't know, but in that case, I think the Sith weren't eliminated and in that case the prophecy couldn't have been fulfilled, although it was because Lucas said it was. So it it, it is this is very very thorny and sticky and tricky to me and like everybody else when we heard palpatine's cackle at the uh the celebration teaser my jaw hit the floor just like everybody else but yeah 
it does seem like they're going to walk back Return of the Jedi's ending just a little bit to me. And it has me afraid. And I, I, I just, I, I don't want them to undo Lucas's story. I don't want Anakin's impact lessened because I already think it is lessened just by virtue of starting up this new trilogy and yeah. imbalancing the force again, like force the balance in the force, this whole prophecy of bringing balance that lasted what? 25 years. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's a pretty weak thing when we're talking about Jedi who operate or, or the force that operates on a scale of, of millennia, like a prophecy that came true and only existed for a quarter century. Ugh. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I, I can see it. It's kind of uh, – see, the problem is you can make anything work, but it, it has to it has to be concise enough to get across in one movie, right? Yeah, for so, sure. But, but the way I can see it – thing is if if the prophecy had said defeat the sith then we wouldn't have a problem but it's like you said it's destroy the sith so as far as we know palpatine hasn't had an apprentice since vader so i guess you could say as long as palpatine doesn't take another apprentice as long as he doesn't say turn Ray and or Kylo into his apprentice, then the Sith are kind of dead because he needs an apprentice for the Sith to survive. Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I was my next question to you for us to kind of kick around was was. You know, what hints are out there in new canon that point to Palpatine being part of this plan all along? Like, if there's these yeah. breadcrumbs hinting at it, at Palpatine's return, at least then we can say, like, okay, well, it's, it's, okay, this doesn't sting so much. Seeing Rise of Skywalker and looking at this as a air quotes potential retcon or uh, the hail mary attempt to, at, at saving things, if there are breadcrumbs there and they're now that they're going to become more obvious, we can go, oh, well, yeah, of course. My The, the first one here is, was Palpatine the one preying on Kylo from the start? Because when we read Aftermath, and we know that um, uh, Leia was had this sense of dread. She could feel this sort of dark cloud hanging over her and sort of preying on her unborn child. I think we all assumed that to be Snoke, sort of already working Kylo and, and working on twisting him a little bit. Could that have been Palpatine actually the whole time? See, I don't, I don't view that as um, anybody sort of acting on Ben at that time. I kind of just see that as Leia sensing his dark future. Yeah. That's another valid take. It could be nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, I just nothing. think it, yeah, I just think it's her sort of force instinct that, well, this thing inside me that I love, this child that I love, and that I'm going to love, there's something going on <laughs> that I, I don't know what it is, and I don't know what it means, but something's going on. And it's probably something that she, you know, well, you know it could be un- like a, understood later. Like an ingrained anxiety and fear, like knowing where she comes from now. You know, knowing that Vader is also her father, you know, will that darkness that it runs through her family is, you know, is that it in her right now? And maybe that's all she's feeling. Yeah, that very possible. It maybe it has nothing to do with the Force or you know a prediction or anything like that. Maybe it's just her anxiety of I'm continuing this legacy through this child. Is this the right thing to do? Yeah, this no. you know, yeah, it's dangerous. It's potentially dangerous to be doing this. Yeah, and whether whether or not it's right for her to be thinking that way, it doesn't mean that she's not thinking that way, you know, or the thoughts don't cross her mind. Yeah, that's a that's a valid way to look at it because I I always looked at it as somebody kind of preying on Kylo, but you know, and I, I always assumed it was Snoke, 
out there from mm-hmm. the great beyond sort of already reaching his force tentacles into him. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's nobody, but maybe it's going to be revealed to be Palpatine at some point where, he, you know, he and this is just after Endor. So maybe if, if it goes to the J.J. Abrams, maybe if he if he if J.J. has sort of destroyed the body, but kept the spirit intact and it's sort of out there swirling around. Oh, look, here's another seed in the womb of a Skywalker. Yeah. And but that that means Palpatine was not gone for long at all, which then really messes with with the prophecy a lot. At least in my yeah, mind. Yeah. I I think if they were going to go there, I think that they would uh they probably would have gone with uh Palpatine planting, well pulling an Anakin and planting that seed in Leia. Uh oh, god. With the immaculate conception, but nobody would know everybody assumes that it's Han Solo's son. Oh, and that Disney know? is emasculated Han. They had him shooting <laughs> blanks. You but can't. it can't be that it can't be that because Ben is too much of Han Solo's son. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's too much Han Solo in Ben Solo. Absolutely for that to be the case. But what yeah, about, what about um, Operation Cinder? Like this is you know something that's widely spoken about in the novels and on full display in Battlefront Two, but like nothing about it to me suggests that it was an, an attempt to scorch the earth so that Palpatine could come back to a blank slate 30 years later. To me, it was just like he's burning it all down so that nobody can have it. I, d- I disagree on this. I have a theory on this. All right. I think that Cinder, and and we're getting more of this now, especially, uh, have you read Alphabet Squadron? Uh, no, I have the audiobook. No. It's just, okay. it's still sitting there. Okay, so uh, this is pretty early on in Alphabet Squadron, so it's not really a spoiler, but it's um, a lot of a lot of uh, Imperials defected to the Rebels or left the you know deserted the Empire uh, after Endor, but there were a lot that didn't defect until after Cinder. Cinder was kind of the last straw. Um, so to me, I, I have this idea that Cinder was a, a way to, uh, sort of weaken and disable the new Republic, uh, by eliminating resources and that kind of thing. Uh, but also I think it served a purpose, you know, at, at the end of aftermath, we see Ray Sloan take off and go to the unknown regions to, meet up with uh, the Superstar Destroyer that's already out there and they're going to presumably build the First Order. If that was part of Cinder, you know, that was sort of the end game of Cinder to um, start the Empire, the Imperial Remnant building the First Order, then I think that Cinder could have also possibly... Uh, partly been to weed out those Imperials so that only only the only hardcores. the hardcores, the most loyal Imperials remained in the Empire. True. Yeah, that's so that, it was yeah. it, if they're going to if people are going to defect, Cinder is what's going to make them defect. Right. The uh, like on like uh, uh, impractical, unnecessary cruelty is what's going to drive those people out. And what you're going to be left with is the solid rock of the empire. And that's who we need out in the unknown regions. But yeah, I, I do like that. Only it, it supposes that Palpatine already suspected that the empire was, was shit. <laughs> he already knew that his empire was already flawed and full of sympathetic people that he would have wanted weeded out anyway. But I do like that. I do. I do like. It. So is is Cinder? I, I think he knew that. I think he did know that. Yeah, he probably. I guess. Yeah, because I mean, the Empire came from the Republic, which was a pretty, for all its faults, still had a lot of, air quotes, virtue to it. Yeah, and we know that Palpatine encouraged um, sort of bickering and, um, you know, advancement by any means and infighting among his his officers and his top officials. Thrawn treason. Yeah, so he knows that he's well aware that there are plenty of people in the Empire that are in it for themselves. 
true. Is, is Cinder open-ended enough that they could revisit Cinder in a, in a future story and say, oh yeah, actually Cinder was exactly like your theory says. It's, it was to push out the impure, leaving only the, the hardcore supporters of Imperial Vision um, and say, yes, actually, Sheev was doing all that to, just to sterilize the whole thing, purify it, so that he could come back and, and reclaim his throne. Is it open-ended in that way to leave space for more exposition, specifically with regards to Sheev's return? I think so. I think there's, yeah. Well, and this is the thing. I'm hoping that we're going to get some more of that unknown regions backstory filled out. Because, well, at, at the end of Empire's End, uh, Ray Sloan goes off into the unknown regions with uh, with Hux. With well, with Brendel, the Huxes. Well, yeah, Brendel and, <laughs> and, and baby Armitage, young Arm- yeah. Armitage. Uh, but it wasn't supposed to be her. It was supposed to be Rex. Yeah. Who we know is one of the diehards, diehard Palpatine loyalists. Um, I'm kind of wondering if, you know, by that point, Palpatine was out there sort of building his new empire or his new force. Uh, I wonder if Sloan shows up instead of Rax finds out that that old bastard's still alive. (laughs) Well, no, we're not doing that again. And maybe she sort of takes what she can and goes off and builds the first order from that. So I kind of wonder if the First Order and uh, – I don't know. I'm finding the holes in this already. But the, I wonder if the First Order is separate from Palpatine's new empire, we'll call it. Hmm. Uh, so she she's like, we're not, we're not going through that again. That old bastard you know, blew up two Death Stars. He had his chance. <laughs> yeah. It's so we're going to go do it's this. It's my turn. And then – we know from the uh, the last Jedi novelization that Snoke was kind of an unexpecting unexpected usurper, and we presume that Sloane is dead by the time of the Force Awakens, and blah 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 blah. And then, but the the big thing, the big crimp in this is that the Sith armor, Sith trooper armor, is so close to the First Order stormtrooper armor, unless. That was one of Palpatine's new designs. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know it has like that the the black line that comes down from the eye through the jawline. Yeah, that's signature first order, and I know like the the line down the bridge of the nose is specifically clone trooper, and the, like the profile of the Sith uh, Sith trooper looks Death Trooperish. There's there's heavy design elements to both eras. Yeah, but they've been. They've been called First Order Sith Troopers, which is a strange naming convention. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one to uh, work it's around. Weird. So probably, probably doesn't hold water, but that's that's a theory. <laughs> it could. I mean, it could have elements to it. But uh, since we're in the unknown regions now, like the, the fleet that's out there, like there's, I don't think there's anything concrete canonically to suggest that this fleet from the D twenty three reel was out there specifically waiting for Palpatine's return. Now, no. Though I I think you can make the case that of course it was like if if they open end Cinder and they, you know, they backdoor Palpatine into it, of course it's left there for his eventual return cuz he does not share power and he wouldn't want the empire to be run by anyone but himself. That makes sense to me. Palpatine does not share. Mm-hmm. At least not unless that sharing benefits him. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that all three of these notes, uh, Cinder, uh, the unknown regions. And, uh, what's the other thing? I'm losing track of my own, <laughs> my own talking points here, but yeah. Um, whatever force may have been preying on Kylo from the womb, all, mm-hmm. all pull heavily from the aftermath series. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's, it's almost as if Wendig was able to take it so far, but couldn't hint at Palpatine by name for obvious reasons. 
Probably didn't know. I can't imagine he knew. Probably not. Yeah. Why tell him? Yeah. Why why tell him that? Just say, you know, there's there's whatever else out there. Maybe paint it so that it it is Snoke. And then when we play the shell game of taking out Snoke and replacing with Palpatine, it still lines up. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at our discussion. All of those points could possibly lead to many different things. Sure. So, you know, it could have been story group saying, listen, include this. It's going to mean something later. You know, it turns out that those things mean Palpatine. But if you didn't know that going in, you wouldn't you'd never be able to tell for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very possible that Palpatine so far, just given what's in Aftermath and Battlefront 2, if they want to ever solidify that all these hints were actually Palpatine, the door's open for them to do so. Right. It might seem kind of retconny, but since they never defined anything, it's still open. So mm-hmm. it it can't be called a retcon if it was never gi- these things were never given a, a full shape to begin with. Just a long con, Kyle. Just a long con. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's here's a, my, the last one here that I've got. It, it could be the smoking gun, Nathan. I don't know. But it's from Master and Apprentice, and it's one of the prophecies that are in the book. It's a short one, and it says, When the righteous lose the light, evil once dead shall return. Which immediately, when I read the book, I was like, oh, God. Like, you know, I was reading this right around the time of D20. Uh, yeah, of D23. No, Celebration. That's right around when I was taking this book in. And my brain went to Palpatine. It's like, you know, Leia... Like she's she's like the poster woman for righteousness in Star Wars, and she loses her hope in the Last Jedi. She seems broken. Yeah. She's slumped in the she's slumped, kind of leaning against that crate on crate, and she's like, "That's it. The spark is out. We fought as we fought till the end." Like you never see Leia like that ever. It was jarring to see Leia like that. So th- like that could be when the righteous lose the light. That when that moment happens, uh, you know that could be a, a direct tie-in to what's happening here, and like one that allows for a cool addition to the prophecy without trouncing it, like to this particular prophecy, not not the chosen one prophecy. Um, you know, if Leia's lost her light, you know this is um, you know, the, the last Skywalker, the last vestige of of hope in the galaxy, and it's out. And now this is the thing that allows Palpatine to sort of really come back strong. You know what I mean? Like maybe maybe it's set up in a way that the Skywalker bloodline becomes this entity or, f- or force, pardon the pun, uh, <laughs> that kind of is sort of like this uh, gatekeeping entity that keeps Palpatine away, keeps his essence barred from returning to the galaxy. But once the Skywalker, the righteous, loses the light... Palpatine can return. And in this case, Luke is dead. Kylo, to this point, is full-on dark. And who knows what Leia's status is and what her mindset is in Rise of Skywalker. But to me, like this could be the thing that speaks to, Pal- to Palpatine's return. What's your take on this prophecy? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I do like that. Because, you know, I, I, when I read Master Apprentice, the, it was just chock full of these prophecies, right? And to me, they were the most interesting part of the book, is to say, Ooh, what, mm-hmm. what could that be applicable to? But I was like, you know what, I'm trying to apply these prophecies, which are who knows how old, and trying to squeeze each one of them into this, like, 60-year period of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, come on, how, how likely is that? A couple of them, I think, are clearly that, but maybe this one is precisely referencing Palpatine and I to me until proven otherwise I'm, I'm just going to use this as the sign that Palpatine is coming back yeah well I mean you could apply that to the prequels you could say when the righteous lose the light you could say this the Jedi the Jedi losing their way and the Sith returned or you could apply it to this and say well you could say you know Luke lost the light when he you know contemplated killing killing ben yeah there's lots of places on the timeline where it could where you could say like the light has sort of lost its way 
Yeah, and what what is the prophecy? It says darkness shall return. A great darkness shall return. Uh, when the righteous lose the light, evil once dead shall return. Evil once dead. Yeah, I mean that could be the first order. It's just a, a reincarnation of the empire. It could be Palpatine specifically. It's 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 so broad. It's to nail it, and it could mean all three. <laughs> you know, as far as we know. Yeah, I mean the three are all so linked together. That yeah, I don't think you get Palpatine back, and it's just him. You get you get what comes with Palpatine, which is mass oppression and and the the means to be able to to enact that impression or that oppression. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's all kind of messy. It's super messy, which is great. <laughs> the great thing about Star Wars, I mean, as long as oh, yeah. the, the time, as long as the timeline is tidy ish. Yeah, well, once it once it. I, I want it to wash out in the end. Like I want this, uh, you know, th- there's plenty, the chosen one thing. I don't need that answered. We've gone so long without having it answered. I don't need an answer to this point. You know, the specific things like that. I don't need, I don't need answer, but I want, uh, by the end of the movie, by the end of this movie, I don't want to have lingering questions. Um, I know what you mean. To, I don't. I how, don't to, want, how to phrase this? <laughs> I don't want there to be any gray area in terms of how Palpatine came back. Uh, yeah, I just want to know. Yeah, I want to know clearly what happened. <laughs> I don't want us to say, you know. Well, in order to find that out, you're going to have to go back and, you know, in 10 years, we're going to write a book about Palpatine's exploits in the unknown regions after Return of the Jedi. No, like, either if it's going to be important, I want to find out in the movie. If it's not going to be important, fine. But I, I don't know how it could not be important. This, this is hugely important. This, I mean, this to me tampers with the entire point of of the first six movies of of anakin's yeah. rise fall redemption the prophecy all that you're tampering with that with with bringing palpatine back so we need to know in the movie how he stayed alive what kept him alive what was he doing it, we need that answer yeah i oh boy it's tricky because i don't want them to feel i don't want the movie to slow down just to answer some trivia, but yeah, I don't want, I don't I, want, I, yeah, I don't want it to sit, Palpatine to sit there, you know, if, if you're sitting there in a hot tub of ice or, you know, a bath full of ice, icing his <laughs> wounds from, from return of the Jedi. And he's just like, yeah, well, you know, uh, it hurt falling down that shaft, but you know, I've, I've got a good staff yeah, I, around me. Uh, they gave me some, uh, some, some good ibuprofens and I've, I've just been hanging out here. Wait, waiting for you guys to sort of weed it all out so I can come back. Like, yeah, what's well, that old this... joke? I don't, I don't need a Wikipedia article in the middle of the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just give me a, a, a tight, concise little explanation. This is how I did it. This is why I did it. And now you're all going to pay. Yeah, and that comes in into the story. It's like, do they have a, a an explanation for him coming back that needs? that backstory or is it something that's simple enough that you can get it across in a couple lines right like imagine that though <laughs> this is such a big deal that and we but we need jj to explain it in a couple of lines concisely yeah. clearly and in in a way that doesn't violate what we know about star wars <laughs> exactly no pressure no, no no not at all not at all oh my god oh and also you've got to use uh previously filmed footage to work princess leia into this movie as oh, well oh, oh man good luck <laughs> no problem jj no problem but you know i i think we can go around all day like trying to trying to talk ourselves in and out of trouble with with palpatine but to, to me, it's it's a it's a tough one. It's it's the thing that maybe presented the biggest challenge for JJ. Oh, it's the Kobayashi Maru. Oh, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, and again, like I am, 
I am so here for more Palpatine. He's just so deliciously evil. Ian McDermott is so good in the role. I'll take it all day. I'll take anything we can get. Yeah. But it comes with an awful lot of risks. And it, it, this is really, a, it's a high risk and a variable reward sort of situation for me. Yeah. Like yeah. It, the payoff could be extremely high or it, it might not be. Well, the the biggest thing, like 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 you, I'm excited to see McDermott return, and you know I'm a huge Palpatine fan, so I'm excited to find out what crazy intricate planning he's been up to for the past thirty years. But I wonder, like, how much does Palpatine returning, like like, how much does that really do for Ray and Kylo's story? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. I like. Yeah. If Luke was still around, sure. If even Leia, I understand how that could be a big deal. But for them, it's like this old dead guy, <laughs> you know, uh, or yeah. the guy we thought was dead. It's easier with Kylo because you can always just. For me, what, what makes sense is that Palpatine's just picking on the Skywalkers again. Those yeah. emo super emotional, easily corrupted Skywalkers. Oh, it absolutely makes sense from Palpatine's point of view, but from Ray and Kylo's point of view, it's like, it's kind of like jamming this new peg into their story. And it's like, like so far he's been so irrelevant to both of their stories for the most part. Like obviously Vader is a big deal in Kylo's story, but not really Palpatine. And, they have nothing to do with with Ray's story, so it's it's kind of like like is it really all that beneficial to introduce him now into their story? That's the question, and that that's that's the thing that gets everybody nervous, right? It's it's why Palpatine, why now? Yeah, because most people thinking about it, I think think about how it affects the story of the galaxy. And how how uh, you know the overarching story of the galaxy, and it, it from that point of view, it is very appropriate to have Palpatine come back uh, because he is the menace uh, of the galaxy over this sixty year period. Yeah, he's the ultimate evil. And it, yeah, it makes sense that this was him the whole time. I, yeah, it makes sense for the rebellion or the resistance to have to deal with Palpatine. But for Ray and Kylo, their specific journey, I don't know that this is quite – I don't know if it's going to smoothly slot into the end of their journey. Yeah, it's, it seems late in the game to be yeah. bringing him back into the picture. And that's why people think it's a Hail Mary because at the end of the day, you know, J.J. had to step in for Colin Trevorrow and whatever they did with his outline, I don't, it probably got entirely scrapped. And you know, Lucas was brought in as a creative consultant. What did they want to talk to him about? That's a that's a future topic. You know what? Uh, how did Palpatine's name come back up? How did they eventually f- come to the conclusion that this is the guy at this stage to bring back in? Here's how we'll do it organically. Here's how it makes sense. Yeah. And here's how. And and we're not going to worry about the retcon word. We're not going to worry about uh, any potential. Uh, hand wringing in fandom. It's it'll it'll work fine. Like, is that because this is the best they could do? Because if the, I mean, if it comes off and it's real clunky and it feels cheap, the fact that you know they had all these resources at their disposal and this is what they could come up with, it's not going to play really well with with a lot of people. Yeah, and I. I kind of wish that we were going to get more uh, of Kylo as Supreme Leader than I think we're going to get in this movie. It's going to be a very brief thing. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be really focused on that much. And I I feel like that's a missed opportunity. And I'm sure we'll get more of that in in, some of the novels and stuff going forward uh, of that period between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Of him being supreme leader and and what that means for him and and all that stuff, but 
I, I don't know. It seems like such an opportunity to have him in that position. And then immediately you're going to introduce someone who is bigger and badder than him. <laughs> yeah. It, you always got the sense, at least I take some comfort in knowing that when Kylo becomes Supreme Leader, I think he just did it just so he can have that on his business card. You know, I yeah. <laughs> don't ever, I never got the impression that Kylo wanted control over the military, over all these worlds, or all, all these people. I think he's just interested in the, t- the title. So yeah, I, think, I, I can't imagine Kylo interested in governing. <laughs> no, he's he's a, he's a solo. Like, no, there's there's no governor in there. I mean, yes, he's a, he's an Organa as well. He's a Leia. He's Leia's son as well. So, I guess it, it swings either way. I don't want to. I'm definitely not taken away from, from Leia's influence over her kid. But it, like, Kylo seems much more of a reckless loon, like his father. Well, he's an obsessive, for one thing. Like his grandfather. Yeah. So he's not going to... You know, Anakin was perfectly happy to have someone else in charge telling him what to do. And, you know, uh, one person running the galaxy so everything runs smoothly. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Kylo is... Yeah. (sighs) Well, there's always another motive, right? Like, when, when Vader was saying to Luke... Uh, join me and we can rule the galaxy as father and son. I still yeah. don't get the idea that Vader is interested in governing. I think he's no, still left it to the others. That's, yeah, that's the weird thing. It's it's like, my word is final, and it, you better not do something that I don't like, but I'm not actually going to take an interest on the day-to-day. Well, and, and if you uh, did you read the Tarkin novel? Uh, a couple years ago, yeah. I don't know yeah. how many details I have left. Yeah, well, you remember the bits about the uh, the shrine, the Sith shrine under the Jedi Temple, and yeah. how uh, it talked about how Palpatine's plan was to set up Tarkin to do the governing of the galaxy, so so Palpatine and Vader could focus on uh, the mysticism and and Force experiment, dark side experimentation, and, yeah, and that kind of stuff. Palpatine wanted that the ability to control reality, just to create his own universe yeah. that, according to his rules yeah so i don't think that i don't think that palpatine really had much interest in governing either i think it was sort of he just knew it was necessary for him to get to the point to be able to do the things that he was actually interested in yeah exactly and it, and just so happened that he was really good at it <laughs> yeah so yeah he spent like the first 70 years of his life getting to the point where he could control the galaxy. Yeah. And then, you know, if he, if he felt like from that point forward, then I will unlock the secret to immortality and I'll spend eternity being God basically. Yeah. And, but, but then from that point of view, it seems kind of weird that he would have these 30 years out in the unknown regions where he could basically do all that supposedly. But instead, he spends it plotting and building his triumphant return. <laughs> I've always wondered that because, you know, to me, Pal- like when we meet Sidious in the prequels, I always figure he's as powerful in the in, this, in the prequels as he is in the OT. Like he's just always had that mastery of dark side. Yeah. So if you wanted to control reality, why don't you just go do that? Go find a quiet yeah, planet somewhere. I, go to Moraband. Go wherever, and just hang out and just exert your will on the Force, and just do that. Like you don't need to be Emperor. You don't have to control the, all the worlds of the galaxy. Just go do that thing. Yeah, I guess it makes sense in so far as that he needed to eliminate the Jedi to be able to do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because and. You know, we know that he needed access to some of their temples. I mean, like like when he was trying to gain access to World Between Worlds and and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I don't know. When you when you start digging down into it, Palpatine's motivations are just as muddy as as <laughs> as ever as anything else. It's uh, well, and this is where it comes comes to like. Yeah, here we are. Like we're this is a, a, a podcast, a Star Wars podcast where we dig deep on on a specific topic, and there are hundreds of 
podcasts that do the same. Yeah. In the end, it's a real simple story. It's just these are these are bad guys and they just want dominion and they're just mean. And it's that simple. Like he's Palpatine. He's bad. He wants to he wants to control. It's that simple. But you know, we dig a little deeper for for the actual motivations behind it all. Oh yeah, that's the thing. It's it's none of this really matters. And even like the stuff we're talking about, you know, the possibilities of Rise of Skywalker. If they don't get into a lot of those things that we just talked about, it it it's not going to really ruin the story. It's just it might frustrate us when we get into discussions like this. But it doesn't mean that the movie is going to be bad or it's not going to make sense or it's, you know, <laughs> Because generally, that that stuff doesn't matter to the plot of the movie anyway. Yeah, like this whole thing can just boil down to like, of course he's back. He's Palpatine. He's bad. And yeah. all this talk that we've had is really just for the sake of talking and and having fun with it. But yeah, you know, any any twelve year old, and again, George Lucas always saying that the, these movies are for twelve year olds. Hmm. They'll see Palpatine back and go, oh, yeah, the bad guy's back. Yeah, exactly. And not question it. And in, it's, I think it's designed to do to do that. But here we are requiring JJ. And I don't even think it's unfair. <laughs> I don't know if that's entitlement or not. But we're requiring JJ to ex- explain this to us while at the same time keeping it simple. Yeah, we we want the movie to be fully fleshed out. And we also want between the movies to be fully fleshed out. And that's a lot to ask one, one person <laughs> to be responsible for it. Oh yeah. The pressure on JJ and Chris Terrio and anybody related to this yep. must be immense. Yep. All right. Well, again, we can go around for hours discussing Palpatine. How is he back? And what's, what does this all mean? But I think at the end, you know, there, I think there are legitimate clues out there that this could have been him the whole time. And we're, we're just hoping for some sort of payoff in, in Rise of Skywalker. And most of all, well, I guess the crux of, of, of our, our discussion here today is when it comes to the idea of, of just lazy writing and retconning, what, this will inevitably happen. Mm-hmm. Do you just let those people have? We can't. We can't convince you otherwise. You're gonna call it a retcon. Go ahead and do that. Or is there is there gonna be a pushback and say no? This is this was actually planned, and here's how this works. Get off your your high horse of, of retconning. Where where do you think this ought to go? Uh, well, I mean, and of, of course, as I say that it's it's hard to say without knowing the answers. I mean, ultimately, it needs to be said, ultimately, it doesn't matter whether it was a retcon or not. It's not like, it's not like we haven't seen retcons in the other movies. Uh, you know, the, the Lucas movies. But, I mean, I think you're going to have both. I think, I think you're going to have people that are apprehensive about this trilogy. That, it's so hard to say because I don't know how I'm going to feel about this trilogy when, when this movie's done, <laughs> but I think you're definitely going to have people that are brought back around. Uh, because I think, I think having Palpatine back means that we're going to have a more, uh, a, a less unusual star Wars movie. <laughs> if you know what I mean? Well, it should make it feel more cohesive. Yeah, it's it's not going to be. I don't think this is going to be Last Jedi. I think this is going to be pretty. I don't want to say run of the mill because that sounds bad, but I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be more comfortable for people than Last Jedi. I don't think it's going to have quite the shocks. There are going to be shocks and surprises, I'm sure, but I don't think they're going to be as jarring for people as the Last Jedi. No, I think yeah, this is the this is the movie where it's it's supposed to be crowd pleasing. This is supposed to be yeah. full of action. This is this is supposed to be the thing about Star Wars that makes people happy. Yeah, and uh, and you're still going to have those assholes that are so lost in their own delusions that there's no convincing them anyway and I mean, 
those people can go to hell. But well, yeah, I, I, you know, I can't wait for the Screen Rant article: Ten Ways in Which the Rise of Skywalker Retcons the Last Jedi. Oh God! And it, and like, you're free to not like the movie, but I mean, to to launch into conspiracies as to why you don't like the movie, <laughs> it's like sometimes you just don't like things, man. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you can just go back to the thing about it that you do like. Yeah, it's like, oh, God. Anyway, let's not get <laughs> Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there'll be plenty of time for that, I think. But yeah, I think you know, so much is riding on Rise of Skywalker, and it's how J.J. handles this piece of the puzzle, to me, is, is key in making it feel like uh, this sequel trilogy is integral to the first six. Like, mm-hmm. There, to me, there's a danger if it if if JJ fumbles. Is it is this going to feel like a sequel trilogy that was tacked on because, or is it going to feel like no, this is a natural part of extension of that story and it makes sense and it's the nine it's a, it's better as a nine than it is as a three or a six. Yeah, I think that's I think that's Palpatine's primary reason for being in this movie is that connective tissue. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, it, I think it's it's meant to bring it all together. Yeah, and like I said, make it feel more cohesive and like it's been this one cohesive story from the start. And yeah, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see what the details tell us and what the script tells us, and hope for the best. I, it, it, obviously, it's going to be entertaining like crazy. Uh, we'll, we'll, but we'll see uh, in the aftermath how natural it actually does feel. Mm-hmm. But I think that'll do it for this episode of Luminous Beings. I think I think we've kicked that around quite a bit. I'm sure we'll do it again <laughs> before <laughs> Rise of Skywalker and after, and then after that again. Oh, it never ends. This will be the the uh, topic that never dies. But uh, that'll do it. If you guys, if you have any feedback for us, you can find us in the Tumbling Saber Facebook group. You can drop a line to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. Or you can find us on the Twitterverse. I'm at Tumbling Saber. Nathan, where can people find you? At NAF Roberts. Awesome. That's going to do it, everybody. If you enjoyed this, let us know. Be sure to let us know. If you want to suggest a topic for a future episode, we are absolutely open for that. So throw us a line, and we will get into the hopper for a future episode. So that's it, everybody. Uh, we'll check in with you next time. And until then, may the spires keep you. Ooh. Ooh.